So how did it go last week when it came to gift giving and recording your gifts from God? Tomorrow you have a gift day. It, it is Valentine's Day. And I hope that you take the time to share your love with others. In doing that, I want you to think about this question. For some of you, this might be a hard question. The question is just simply, when was the last time that you were happy? Not just like that feel good for a minute, but like that true lasting happiness of like, oh, I just, I feel happy. I had an instructor when I was in college who, when you'd see him and you'd say, how are you? He would always respond cheerful. How would it be to be cheerful? I know there were some days he wasn't necessarily cheerful, and I know that he was using that to be cheerful. So let's go back to the question. When were you happy? In this week's Come Follow Me on page 30, we read, quote, Jesus Christ came to teach us the way to lasting happiness, to teach what it means to be blessed. Close quote. In other words, 2 Nephi 2.25, right? Adam fell that men might be, and men are that they might have joy. Well, one of the things that brings me lasting happiness, candidly, is hearing from you. And I've had the opportunity to read through some of your comments, to ponder them, and wanted to share a couple of examples. Here's one from Becky. Loving your podcast. It's like you're sitting here with me chatting about the scriptures and the stories that make the scriptures come to life. Love that. I would love to be sitting next to Becky chatting about the scriptures. Cassie wrote in, Quote, we've been listening weekly and love it. The conversion episode helped one of my boys realize that they can, in fact, feel the spirit. Thank you. Close quote. That makes me super happy. Anytime somebody better understands how to identify the spirit in their life for themselves, it's freaking awesome and lasting happiness. Kevin wrote, quote, I just listened to your latest episode. Good stuff. I'll work to make sure he calls me friend. Now, I know Kevin quite well, and I hope that he's listening because, Kevin, you are a friend of the Savior, and I appreciate your example. See, to help us understand and to encounter happiness, a loving Savior went up on a mount and gives a discourse. Now, this discourse encompasses three different chapters if we're in the book of Matthew, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And this week, we're only really taking a look at Matthew 5. The reality is, is we could spend forever in these chapters, but there's a couple of things that I really, really want to look at and then kind of pull them together, maybe in a way that you haven't thought about before. Matthew 5 starts off with the Beatitudes, and you're very familiar with the Beatitudes. This is where he's like, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the, and, and tells you all the reasons why. But he finishes that, and in verse 13, he says this. Ye are the salt of the earth. So here he's saying to his followers, which would be you and I, that we're to be the salt of the earth. Then he says, but if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Now, my kids would assert that I do not cook with enough salt. So clearly I need to apply this verse in a multiplicity of ways. But here specifically, he's talking about salt losing its savor. So I found a really fun website. It's called factsaboutfood.com because I wanted to understand how does salt really lose its savor. And so I spent some time studying it out for you. And I want you to listen to what they have to say. Okay, again, my source is factsaboutfood.com. 
You can go search it out. But in there, you'll find this. The presence of impurities, interaction with other components, and exposure to humid environments all harm the flavor of salt. Did you catch that? Impurities, interacting or mixing with something else, or exposure to humid environments. Furthermore, because Earth's impurities are added to people's religious values, the loss of their religious values is linked to the loss of the flavor of salt. In other words, when we don't live what we know, we are the salt that has lost its savor. Verse 13. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? If we lose sight of our values and of what it is that a loving Heavenly Father wants us to do, the world has lost its salt. Now, some of you have eaten dishes made without salt. They can be pretty bland. Leave salt out of an omelet or mashed potatoes. I have a child who cannot get enough salt in their mashed potatoes. Now, the salt becomes really important, though, because of the very next verses. And I love these next verses because in 14 through 16, we find ye are the light. So now we said, OK, we go from salt to immediately to light. Ye are the light of the world. And then I love these like a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Well, no kidding. Many of us have had that opportunity to drive into an area where a city is One of my favorite things to do, honestly, is I love to drive into Vegas at night. I love Vegas at night, not like being in Vegas at night, but like driving through Vegas at night because you can see the light building as you're approaching and then you drop in and it's this beautiful myriad of light. But at night, the light that it gives off is phenomenal and it can't be hid, right? You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Now, I love this concept of a bushel, right? Because if we take a candle and we put it under a bushel, meaning a basket, what is that candle going to do? Well, depending on how well woven your basket is, the basket will either snuff out the candle or the candle might cause a fire. Either way, it's not a good situation for the household. So what are we supposed to do? We'll put that candle that's burning on a candlestick so it can give light to everyone, not just right there. But again, drawing back to you and I, we kind of don't want to be a bright light. I don't want to be too spiritual. You don't want to be, I don't want to be too good. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Elder Anderson put it this way in the most recent general conference. He said, quote, we are a light to the world. And when necessary, we willingly choose to be different from others. The power in that quotes in the end, we already knew we were the light, but we're the light when we willingly choose to be different from others. In Doctrine and Covenants section 103 of Modern Revelation, we find these two concepts being brought together. Verse 9. For they were set to be a light unto the world and to be saviors of men. And inasmuch as they are not the saviors of men, they are as salt that has lost its savor and is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. So again, we go back to facts about food. 
Earth's impurities are added to people's religious values. The loss of their religious value is linked to the loss, the savor of salt. You and I are asked to be a light to others to help save them. And when we are not, we are the salt that has lost its savor. We've lost our religious value and are thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. What I really like about this is that salt actually conducts electricity. Did you know that? Salt has the ability to conduct electricity. So to really make this visual for my students, I took the time to, with the help of another individual, because really I should not do this on my own, but I took apart a light fixture and mounted it to a board. And then the part where you would screw in the light bulb, that's the part that I mounted to the board. And so I could plug it in, but then I broke the current so that I had two wires coming out instead of the full current. So when you screwed in the light bulb, you had two live wires that if you touched them, clearly that would close the current and the light would turn on. But did you know, and this is one of my favorite things, that if you put those same live wires into water and you add salt, the salt will close the current. So I would take that light bulb into class and turn off all the lights and say, do you think that I can light this light bulb with salt? Clearly, the vast majority of my students would be like, no, unless I had a few chemists in there that were like, wait a second. Now, what's really cool about it is that the more salt you put in, the greater the light. The more salt that goes into the water, the greater the light shining from the bulb. A little bit of salt, a little bit of light. Lots of salt, lots of light. Back to Matthew 5. Ye are the salt. Ye are the light. Give your light unto all. Well, what does that look like to give my light? How do I shake that salt in, complete that current, make my light shine? And I love this Savior in 3 Nephi says, Therefore, hold up your light, that it may shine unto the world. Behold, I am the light which ye shall hold up, that which ye have seen me do. You're supposed to do that which you've seen me do. So it goes back to the adage, right? What would Jesus do? And if I'm trying to do what Jesus would do, then I'm being the salt. And by being the salt, I'm closing the circuit and I'm creating light. But then the Savior gets on a crazy track, in my opinion here. And as members of the church, we've gone all over with this. Verse number 48. This verse gets people up. So just put on your seatbelt and be ready. Verse 48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect. Now that word perfect, that can really get people uptight. Because how can I be perfect? I love that we have a prophet. And I love what President Nelson has said about perfection. Listen closely to the way that he defines it. The term perfect was translated from the Greek helios, which means complete. The infinitive form of the verb, this is for you English scholars or language scholars, 
Uh, honestly, I didn't learn about infinitives of verbs until I was in the MTC learning Spanish. I get it now. It's the root form of the verb. The infinitive form of the verb is teliano, which means to reach a distant end, to be fully developed, to consummate, or to finish. Please note that the word does not imply free from error. I'm going to say that again. The word perfect does not imply free from error. It implies achieving a distant objective. We need not be dismayed if in our earnest efforts towards perfection now seems so arduous and endless. Perfection is pending. It can come in full only after the resurrection and only through the Lord. It awaits all who love him and keep his commandments. So when the Savior here is saying, be the salt, shine your light, be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect, note he doesn't even include himself. Why? Because he's on that distant journey. It's not a destination. It's this journey to get where? Well, we've got to get through resurrection. We've got to show our love. We've got to keep the commandments. We've got... And the Savior had to do the same things. It's not until his resurrected state in 35, 12, verse number 48, we find this resurrected Savior saying, therefore, I would that you should be perfect, even as I, or your father who in his heaven is perfect. Note, it's not until post-resurrection that even he who was without sin could state that he was perfect. So it's not about you and I being perfect. It's actually about you and I willingly being different, willingly shining out to those around us, willingly choosing to do this. President Oaks, September 17th, 2022, BYU devotional put it this way. Do you dare to be different? Especially important are the choices you are making in your personal life. No, I love that he says, do you dare to be different? Do you dare to be the salt of the earth and in so doing, make his light brighter? Remember there in 35, he said, hold up your light. I am the light. So by us being salt, we're closing that circuit and we're making the light of the Savior brighter. So the real go and do here is for you and I to dare to be different. To dare to actually stand out in a world that needs us to be salt and in so doing to shine and give his light. Let me give you an example. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to be in Atlanta for uh, what's known as revenue kickoff meetings. And it's where companies bring together their sales org to get them basically pumped up to go out and sell the product. And any new changes are usually brought up then, territories are given, and you have an opportunity to come together now. And in the case of the company that I work for, we had individuals there from nearly every continent. We had people from Australia and people from India, uh, people from Europe, the UK, Ireland, here in North America. As we came together, you can imagine that there are a myriad of core values that are lived. And in these types of meetings, there's always going to be alcohol. And I had a really interesting question asked to me. The question was, get ready for this. The question was, Candace, 
Do you not drink because you are a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or do you not drink because you choose not to drink? Great question, isn't it? Do you not drink because you're a member of the church, or do you not drink because you choose not to? Now, now I love the difference in those two questions, because one actually makes it a choice. Yes, there's agency exercised in both, but the salt has more power when it's because we are choosing a certain direction. So as I was asked that question, I honestly paused for just a second and I smiled and I said, I don't drink originally because the church had asked me not to. But as an adult, I don't drink because I choose not to. I don't want to have those effects that candidly you're currently experiencing. My colleague kind of chuckled. I don't want to have those effects. I actually really like the direction that my life is taking. And I choose not to drink because I don't want to drink. So how will you and your salt make the Savior's life brighter? Elder Anderson in that same conference talk stated, quote, Shining as a light to those around us, we consciously shape our desires, thoughts, choice, and actions, seeking with all our heart to know and love the Savior. We separate ourselves from the world through covenants with God, being distinct, uncommon, and special, as we honor Him and His teaching without isolating ourselves from others who believe differently. I'm going to read that last sentence one more time. We separate ourselves from the world through covenants with God, being distinct, uncommon, and special, as we honor Him and His teachings without isolating ourselves from others who believe differently. I assert that there are times that in our attempt to stand for our beliefs, we sometimes knowingly and unknowingly isolate ourselves, or we respond in a way that is isolating to others around us. Again, going back to that same RKO, I had another colleague who later, as the meetings were wrapping up, gave me a big hug, and he said, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I recognize that we don't have the same overall values in all areas. And I love, though, how much we have gotten to know each other and how much we have laughed and enjoyed each other's company. And then he related. Earlier this week, I walked up to a group of individuals knowing that one of them that I was seeking to speak to was a member of your faith. But I instantly recognized that others around him were also members of your faith because they took one look at what I was holding in my hand. And they ended the conversation they were having and they walked away. It's like, I felt so uncomfortable. We separate ourselves from the world through covenants, being distinct and common, special, without isolating ourselves from others who believe differently. So will you dare to be different? Will you go and salt the earth and in so doing shine forth the light of Christ? Never in the world have we needed light so desperately to shine forth, to be different, to illuminate the Savior and what he would have us do. So this week, instead of a go and do, I actually have a I dare you. I dare you 
to be different by ensuring that your personal salt is clean. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, remember, if we go back to how does the salt become impure? Well, we we have a, a lack of our religious value. So will you go and strengthen your religious value by studying the new for strength of youth and determining what areas of your life might need to be cleaned from some impurities? And as you're studying that for strength of youth, the new one, which it's in the app, really easy to find, probably on your phone right now. Will you share with us at least one thing you learned and how that will either help you be light or salt? Will you go and do that? I dare you. I dare you to be a better example of salt. I dare you to let your light shine. Be that salt. I dare you. Make this week awesome. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Go and Do. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review. If you didn't, it's all good. Please come and follow along with us on Instagram at Go and Do Podcast. Go and Do is written and hosted by me, Candace Shu, and produced by Cammie Fisher. Thanks for being here. And until we talk again, have a good time. Don't be a good time. See you soon.